Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado, and you are in for a special treat this week on the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. We'll be right back with our special guest for this week. Well, can you believe we are at the end of February? I cannot believe that we are, we're here. I mean, it's February, 2021. We have gone through the entire month of January and now the entire month of February. And we are about to, in a minute, cross over into the month of March. And I'm so excited because the month of March is going to be one year anniversary for the Harmonize Your Life podcast. And I'm hoping that we can just really do some great things next month to celebrate uh, this momentum, mo uh, momentous occasion in my life and in the life of this podcast. As you know, this month, the month of February, we've been talking about this issue of self-love. February is the love month. It's heart health month. Um, and um, so we are talking about issues of the heart. We're talking about self-love and we have been deconstructing what uh, that idea and what that means and to unpacking, unpacking what that means for us as individuals and what that means for us uh, in our community, in our marriages and uh, in our relationships. We're, we're talking about self-love and how to set healthy boundaries with ourselves with our loved ones, with our spouses, children, significant others, and even with work, right? We need to leave and learn how to set boundaries where work is concerned. And I'm so glad to have um, a new sister, a new, uh, and she's new to me because we're just getting to know each other. But one of the things I love about um, these spaces that we are in uh, during this pandemic, a lot of these virtual spaces that we are in, like Clubhouse and uh, and um, and Instagram and Twitter, and some of us have been longtime Facebookers. But um, this young woman, I heard her speak in a, a, a in a, a Clubhouse um, uh, setting. Uh, she was on the stage sharing. And then, of course, I looked her up on Instagram and uh, DM'd her and just asked her if she would come. Because when I read her bio and uh, went to her website and learned a, more, a little bit about her, a little more about her, I knew that she was the type of person, a woman that would add value to our conversations here on the podcast. So I want to introduce and welcome to the Harmonize Your Life community, Dr. Keisha V. Thompson. Welcome, Dr. Keisha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad. Let me just read a little bit of your bio so okay. that they'll know why I brought you here. Okay. So Dr. Keisha is what she's called, what she goes by, is an associate professor of psychology in Kingsborough Community College, uh, uh, City University of New York. She is also the co-creator and co-director of the Historically Unrepresented Faculty and Staff Resource Center at Kingsborough. Dr. Thompson holds her doctorate in counseling psychology um, from Texas A&M University, 
a native of, she is a native of Trinidad and Tobago. I'm real excited about that. I have a lot of Trinities in my church. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> Trinities are going to love the fact that you're all here. Okay. So Dr. Thompson grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and she uh, completed her bachelor's degree in business communication at Baruch College, uh, C-U-N-Y and her master's degree in school counseling at Hunter College, CUNY. Her clinical experience includes college counseling, community, mental health, the federal prison system, the VA medical center, and various K through 12 school settings. Her professional interest includes diversity issues in higher education, themes of psychosocial development, mental health in black youth and women, and as a first-generation immigrant and college graduate, it is important to Dr. Thompson that her work addresses issues of cultural diversity. Um, as such, fostering diversity is the focus of her scholarship, teaching, and service to her community. And in the classroom, she operates from a socio-political framework, which allows her to address issues of culture, health, and social justice as they relate to individuals and, uh, and institutions. Dr. Thompson's research agenda is centered around blackness in the African diaspora. And Dr. Thompson enjoys spending time in the classroom and community empowering individuals through expanding their knowledge base and encouraging them to be change agents in society. They're all alone the women of Trinidad and Tobago, 1970, Black Power, is her first film project. I can't wait to go. I'm going to go look that up. I, I need to. I need. Is that available? I'm still trying to find a home for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We, we got to find a home for this because this sounds excellent. Okay. So Dr. Thompson also hosts two podcasts, Misadventures of an Inspired Woman, which highlights personal goals and achievement in women and Black and Saved, aimed at fostering community at the intersection of Blackness and Christianity. In her spare time, Dr. Thompson enjoys singing and convening spaces where women can come together to provide encouragement, share ideas, and build community. You're my long-lost sister, Dr. Thompson. <laughs> I told you that before we started recording. Oh my God, y'all welcome Dr. Keisha to the Harmonize Your Life podcast community. Welcome, Dr. Keisha, one more time. Welcome, welcome. Thank welcome. you, thank you, thank you. Thank it's you. So, it's, so, it's so hard to sit through, like, hearing about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, you are a bad chick. You're a bad chick. I'm so glad that um, that we connected. Um, thank you for accepting my invitation, us not knowing each other prior to I have to say most of my guests are, are uh, colleagues that I've known over the years or have been introduced by uh, persons um, who were uh, uh, friends of colleagues. And so for, for me to reach out to you, kind of cold call, um, meeting you on or hearing you on Clubhouse and then uh, sending you a message via uh, DMing you on Instagram and, and then sending you an email and you so graciously 
um, worked your schedule out to be able to come on this. I so, come on here. I so appreciate that. And I appreciate the koinonia and the fellowship that I sense between us, the genuine connection that I'm sensing between us. So listen, let's get into this conversation about self-care, about self-love, about setting healthy boundaries. You have a psychology background. Um, and I just want to, you know, I went on your website and I see some of the things that you're doing, your blogging and some of the uh, messages that you have for women, particularly women of color, as it relates to self-care and self-love and, um, and setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I, two things I say about self-care. One, self-care should never be an event. It should be a lifestyle. Yes. Um, because then we we fall into this dangerous trap of like pushing ourselves to our limits and that we are, when I get to this spa day or when I get to this vacation or when I get to this one day when I'll do nothing. Um, and, and it really needs to be something that we weave throughout our day. Um, and and I, most people will say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, well, how do you wake up in the morning? What are the words that you say to God and to yourself in the morning when you start your day? What are you putting into your body? What are you putting into, you know, mm -hmm. you talk about the eye gate and the ear gate and all these things. Like, what are you doing? So being intentional about those things. The other thing that I say about self-care is that particularly for Black women, self-care is an act of resistance. The narrative for Black women is that we are unhealthy. We are quote unquote strong, which, which results in us having high levels of stress and stress-related um illnesses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. the narrative is that we are not well and we do not survive. We are not. Wow. And so the narrative is, I want to slow you down for a second because you're dropping, as they say in Clubhouse, some gems on here. <laughs> <laughs> and the, so, narrative, the narrative for Black women is that we are not healthy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are stressed out, which is, is oftentimes um, cloaked in that, that term, uh -huh. strong Black woman. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we bear anything and everything mm -hmm. and we men, but we don't break and all these other things, right? And that we don't survive. Wow. We don't survive relationships. We don't survive physically. We don't survive mentally. We don't survive in the workplace. We don't thrive. If we are surviving, we don't even cross into the threshold of thriving, right? And so as an act of resistance to push back against that narrative that is placed on us by the greater society, it is imperative that we take care of ourselves. Wow. You, I mean, you are singing my song. You are, I mean, I'm telling you, when I when we when we talked prior to the recording and I was sharing with you my journey uh into self-care, and I said to you, when I read your bio and when I went on your website and looked, I said. This girl is like my long lost sister. You are singing my song. This is right where I live and breathe. One of the things I share um, with the women who are part of the Harmonize Your Life uh, network, I have a network of women who who um, that I meet with once a month and um, and um, it's open to any woman that want to join our network. We have a self-care network and because I... I believe that God has called me to start a self-care movement for women of color and um, and a safe space for us to be able to talk about these issues and unpack these issues and help one another be healthy, spirit, soul, and body. And one of the things I often say is we are changing the narrative for women of color. 
So when you say it, the narrative is that we are not healthy and we are stressed out. That Where did that come from? Why did, how did we get this narrative? I mean, I think a big part of it is just like the reality for a lot of us is that, yeah, in fact, we are not healthy. But where does that come from? It comes from us having a history of taking care of everyone but ourselves, right? And and we can take it back to slavery, right? And then we can take it back to our own families and we can take it into our jobs. Like how many people at your job, people look at black women because black women have had, so there are these main stereotypes to black women. And one of those is the mammy stereotype, right? She's just gonna come in there and take care of everybody. So you're on a job, you're doing your job just like everybody else, but there's this expectation that you're gonna make sure that everybody's okay. That on top of doing your job, you're taking care of everybody in the workplace, right? Be that by you providing foodstuffs or you even just people constantly coming in and out of your office to talk to you, to ask you questions, to pick your brain. I keep telling people, I don't want anybody to pick my brain. It sounds violent and it sounds like something that you want for free as well, right? So that you value what I have to give to you. You want what I have to give to you, but you don't value it enough to actually compensate me for it. And oh. so you find yourself just overextending yourself oh and all different things. And the nature of a lot of women is that we've been socialized black, white, or whatever to, you know, be easy to get along with, to accommodate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, that's compounded by the by our history, where in an effort to not appear to be not accommodating or be mm-hmm. difficult, mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. keep piling more and more and more in our mm-hmm. face. And mm-hmm. yeah, the numbers are not going to lie. Like the health disparities of Black women in this country in terms of our health and wellness, the numbers are what they are. But the way that we push back against that is by doing those things to reduce those numbers and starting with ourselves. Starting with ourselves. And so that self-love and that self-care is an act of resistance, thus the act of resistance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Resisting the narrative, resisting the culture, resisting the expectations that other people place on us, the unrealistic and unnecessary expectations, and even some that we place on ourselves. Exactly, exactly. Because the narrative that we live in our daily lives, the things that we believe about ourselves, mm-hmm. our, our internal dialogue, they come from somewhere. Sometimes it comes from the greater society. Sometimes it comes from the family that you, your family of origin. Sometimes it comes from just the things that you're seeing and hearing around you. And whether we're aware of it or not, we're living out a particular narrative. And sometimes okay. it's not self-serving. It's not healthy. It's not useful. Okay. So you would say, um, so with culture, with family um, that have created our belief system. And dare I say the church. Oh, well, come on now. Come <laughs> on. You, I'm telling you, you sold down. Last last week we had um, the, um, Pastor Jennifer Carner, and we talked about developing a theology of self-care. And we talked about how many of us grew up in church cultures that taught us that you have to constantly be 
in church. You know, come on, when we were growing up, nobody told you to take vacations. Nobody said, we didn't hear sermons about caring for yourself. We didn't start hearing that kind of teaching until just a few years ago in, in church settings. Mm-hmm. Um, but before to be a good Christian, you had to be in church every time the doors were open. You had to work in all these auxiliaries and ministries and give, 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 give. But there was no place of saying, you know, where do you get restored? Where do you get wh- who's pouring into you? How are you refreshing your soul? And it's amazing to me that, you know, that we even survived <laughs> coming along in some of that. So you're right. Church cultures alike have taught us, have not taught us how to care for ourselves. And, you know, it's I, there's this thing that I say, and, and Dr. Tony, you, you are the expert in this area. So this myth of the Proverbs 31 woman, and I call her a myth. <laughs> mm. Like. Because I'm like, if sis was really doing all those things that she was doing, because there's certain things that the scripture says, but then there's an interpretation that's placed on it, particularly in a modern context that just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm like, when was she sleeping? (laughs) It doesn't make sense to me. Is she real? And the truth of the matter is, you know, just because, you know, a lot of times what happens is when we read scripture or we read a text, we think because we read it in a passage that that happened all in that time frame that we read it in. Right. But she could have been doing all those things, but was she? I guarantee you she wasn't doing it all on the same day, in the same month, in the same season. And so, and she had help. The Bible says she had maid servants. Listen. So, she all these people strive it out here to be Proverbs 31 woman. And then the thing that gets me is when they're trying to be Proverbs 31 woman to men that they are not in right relationship with. That's the best way I can say it. Right. This is not your husband. This is somebody that you might have went out with twice. Like, stop it. You can't be waking up early in the morning so he could call you blessed. Like, stop. Right. He is not Boaz. You are not Ruth. You are not Esther. You are you. Wow. And the thing is, and like, OK, we go back to the Proverbs 31 woman. We, when we look at her, it says that she gave portions to her maid servants. So that means she had other people helping her. And one of the narratives that we have to change for women of color is our ability to ask for help. Oh, yeah. I believe in outsourcing. OK, so say more about that. I outsource my laundry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. OK, because. The time that it would take me, uh huh. you know, I live in New York City. Things are set up a little different here. It's not necessarily in the unit with me, right? Okay. And so the time that it would take me to go do this laundry. Okay. And the effort, I'm like, I could do so much in that time span. Mm-hmm. I much rather be productive do working on something or maybe just doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And have somebody take care of that. And it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing because the clothes come back folded. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's the word for me. That's the worst part of laundry. Okay. Everything is folded. They're in the right, you know, little categories together. And with the new service that I have now, they'll even come get it from your house. I don't wow. even have to go drop it off. 
Okay. So outsourcing, you know, that reminds me, uh, Dr. Keisha, when I, um, when I was working on my doctorate in ministry, I'm, I was in a DMIN program and I was stressing myself out trying to maintain my house, keep my house, you know, cause I'm, I'm, everybody knows me knows I like clean. I like my house clean. And, you know, so I wanted to make sure that, you know, I kept my floors cleaned. I had three children. You know, we have three young adults now, but they were small children then. And I remember I was going through that season and I was so stressed out because I was in school and I'm trying to maintain my house. And I'm just literally stressed out trying to do it all. And I was coaching. I had a coach, a life coach. And she said, who can help you with that? She asked, just asked that question. And I said, well, maybe I could have somebody, you know, come in and clean, help me clean. And she was like, well, can you afford to do that? It wasn't that I couldn't afford it, but I had this mindset that I was supposed to, because I, it's my duty as a wife, it's my duty as a mother to make sure. And so, but when I got freed up, I hired me a, 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 a Hispanic girl to come and clean my house. And she cleans my house so wonderfully. Now I've had a couple of since, you know, since that time, I've had a few different ones uh, clean for me. But here's the thing. It freed me up. And you know what else? I realized I was, I was not only was it helping me, but it was helping them because I was stimulating their economy. Listen, you out here doing the Lord's work. So I, you know, I, I believe in outsourcing. If there's something that you, you can, and sometimes, you know, you, you probably, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Mm -hmm, but sometimes mm -hmm. really sit and think about the time investment. Like sometimes folks think about the money, but think about the time investment. And that you can't get back. You can't get back what that wear and tear ultimately means for your body as well as for your mental health. It might be worth it to maybe, you know, look at your, your other subscription services or, or, or little things that you're doing and cut those back and invest in this because it's an investment in you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the way I look at self-care in general with the things that I need to do to pour into me. I look at it as an investment in myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I just said to someone this week, your health is your greatest asset. Mm -hmm. You are your greatest asset. It doesn't matter if you have all this wonderful purpose and gifts and callings and degrees and even opportunities. But if you're sick or broke down or mentally you, you can't, your capacity is not there or emotionally you're distraught, if you're too stressed out, what good is it? You have to be able to invest in yourself. So I'm so glad to hear you say, I outsource. And so you you mentioned um, about this um, internal dialogue and just the whole idea of changing our narrative. So how, how can we change that internal dialogue? First, you got to pay attention to the things that you say to yourself over and over again. Okay. Um, up until a couple months ago, there was one thing that I kept saying, um, and, and part part of where I was able to change this was with therapy, right? Um, <laughs> I would always say, and it always came after a sigh, right? 
one day I'm going to get my life together. Mm. And it sounded so ridiculous to other people when they heard me say that. Mm -hmm. Because you read my bio. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> but it's like, you well, have a on paper. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm late in getting my groceries or I forget or I forget to eat or I really, you know, my office space has gotten so messy and I can't function in mess. And, you know, you know those commercials where like the person wakes up and they wake up with, they just, everything is in place. They're perfect. There's always like a subtle wind blowing behind them because their hair is blowing in the wind and they wake up and they're refreshed and everything is sunny and bright. And they go for like a five mile jog and they come back and they're feeling great. And they just attack their things for the day and they're great and everything's great. And they eat all this delicious food and they have all these amazing relationships and, but every day can't be like that. Right. And so, so, so it's, it's, one, identify what is that thing that you keep saying to yourself over and over again. And okay. then two, recognizing how irrational it actually might be. Okay. So number one, paying attention to what we're saying. What are you saying to yourself over and over again, especially in this mo those moments when you're not feeling your best and you mm -hmm. feel frustrated? Wow. So, so that sentence, I've removed it. Um, I've stopped saying that, right? And and what I've started doing is also extending grace to myself that I don't always have to have it together. I can have days where I don't figure it out, where I don't get everything done and where I just don't. So I can also have days where I do absolutely nothing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Or especially, great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially in this time where we're living in, in such a high stress time with the pandemic and everything, it's taking a lot of our emotional resources to just get up every day and survive. And so if all you're doing with your life right now, you know, there were all these narratives coming out at the beginning of the pandemic. If you don't start that business now, if you don't start that podcast now, if you don't do this now, you'll yeah. never do it. Guess mm -hmm. what? You also could do absolutely nothing during this time because all of your resources can be spent on you just making sure that you're okay, making sure that you're getting up and getting through the day. I live in New York City, but a lot of people that still had to go to work, it was about going out there every day, not knowing what was waiting for you, being careful when you get on the trains and the buses and interacting with the public and coming back home and homeschooling your kids and doing all these things. Or if you, you were working from home, transforming your home into a space that you can work from. Like all of these things that you didn't have to do in your day-to-day, everyday life. And so if all of your energy goes into that, that is okay. Like that is okay. Wow. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, and and that, that, you know, that's that self-grace, that self-love, that self that, that we're talking about. That's also the setting the boundaries, you know, around yourself. Because we have to protect what we're thinking about ourselves, how we're feeling, and it's okay. Yeah. It's you know, okay. one of the blog posts that I wrote during the pandemic was um, showing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we show up for others, mm -hmm. right? If one mm -hmm. of your sisters called you right now, you're in the middle of doing something, you might be dead tired, and you have all these other things to do. But if your sister calls you right now and says, I need you here for whatever reason, you're going to show up for her. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we show up for other people, but we don't do the same things for ourselves. Wow. You so won't I'm show up for yourself. You won't be present for yourself and enjoy what you're doing in this moment. You won't do the things like I have I have a friend, a really good friend that whenever I have events or sometimes I do travel for work to, to do conferences or, or just to do my own research or whatever. And she just loves mm-hmm. to travel with me. She says, I'm your assistant. Nobody else is your assistant. <laughs> right. Because a lot of times I get to do some cool things and go to some cool places and people are like, do you need an assistant? And she'll be like, no, no, no. She already has one. Right. And mm-hmm. so she'll show up and she'll be like, okay, Keish, what are you wearing? She'll iron for me. Okay. She'll take my phone at events and she'll take pictures and she'll take video. She'll make sure that I have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so are we doing those same things for ourselves? Wow. And so can you just in some practical ways share with the women that are listening some ways that they can show up for themselves? The first thing is you need to engage in some positive self-talk. Okay. A lot of times, like I noticed, like sometimes I'll practice doing affirmations with people and they, they will say, well, I'm not doing this. And all those things are bad. Those are not affirmations. Okay. If there's a negative piece in it, mm-hmm. don't say it. OK. Right. So mm-hmm. earlier today, I was I was hustling to get back. I was I started an interview with a friend of mine and I was like, I don't like these earrings I got on. I need to change my earrings. And so I felt bad that she was waiting but that was one thing that I was like, I, I'm not feeling this. Right, right, right. right? So that's okay. one thing. I'm not feeling this. It won't It won't brighten me. You know, okay. I, I felt like the, the color was bringing me down. I was like, I need to change these earrings, right? So I ran. But then I started feeling bad that she was waiting for me. And I'm like fumbling. And one word, one, one sentence that pops into me a lot that sometimes we say it jokingly, but... Again, recognizing that it's not the best thing to say. It's like, oh man, life is hard. Okay. You know, sometimes yeah. when you're tired and you're like, life is hard. And that means, what that means, I know I have a friend that says this too. It means that she's too tired to cook. So more than likely she's going to order out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta cook for myself and wash these dishes. Like life is hard, right? But it's like context, people like, you're in a warm, safe environment. You have the option to actually get food. So let's not feed into that. So I stopped myself and I said, life is good. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And literally on the walk from my bedroom back to where I was set up to do that interview, I kept saying that over and over again to myself. Okay. Okay. So it's identifying what is that thing that you say to yourself that is not serving you, identifying what's irrational about it, mm-hmm. and then speaking back to it. And speaking back to it. So identifying that thing that you're saying, identifying what's irrational about it, and then speaking to that thing, speaking something positive. Speaking something positive back to it. You know, if you're a believer, you have the word, right? Like there's so many, like I I recommend for every, 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 you know, Bible believing person, Mm -hmm. Christ believing Mm -hmm. person, Mm -hmm. you, you have favorite scriptures. Yeah. You you have, there are scriptures in the word that are 
better than any affirmation that anybody could come up with. Mm-hmm. Write it down somewhere, print it out somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, have it someplace where, where you can always draw your eyes to and sort of like ground yourself back within it so that mm-hmm. it becomes a regular part of your dialogue, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other way that you show up for yourself is by taking care of this body, this vessel that has been entrusted to you, right? What are you putting into it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting enough rest? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are you, are you beautifying it in some way? And, you know, that can be controversial for some people because it's like, well, show up as your natural self or whatever. But I'll tell you what, Dr. Tony, if I don't have on a stitch of makeup, I have on lipstick. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. It, it, it brightens it, me. It brightens you. It lifts you. It lifts your spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, and that's, I think, I think that that comes with knowing yourself mm-hmm. at a deep place. And yeah. I, I mean on a surface place, but I mean yeah. knowing what you need. Yeah, yeah. What I need. Mm-hmm. And, and if you find that you haven't gotten to that deep place, look at the surface. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself. Like we, you, one thing that I often used to do when I would work with women in therapy was that we use mirrors to get ready, but we don't use mirrors to really look at ourselves. If you ask someone or if you even try to look in a mirror for an extended period of time, it can be very uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the first things we'll notice are some of the things we don't like. But I would encourage you to look for the things that you like. Mm. Look oh my God! Things that 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 are just like wow, be nice about you, and oh you know God. sometimes you 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 know people yeah, make fun of you. Use mirrors. Can I just say this? You just you just help me. I just got a revelation when you said that. Yeah, because we we, we actually use mirrors to find we we look for things that are out of place when we look for mirrors. Like we look in a mirror to see where do I need to fix myself. Mm-hmm. What do I need to fix about my hair? What do I need to fix about my makeup? What do I need to fix about, you know, my dress? You know, so we look in the mirror, but we're looking for what's wrong. So mm-hmm. when you said, oh my God, that just freed me. When you said, look for what you like about yourself, that will change the way I look at, I'm going to change the way I look in the mirror from now on. That just changed the way I'll, I'll look at mirrors from now on. Thank you know, yeah, you know, people make fun of young people because they're always taking these selfies. But I, I admire that. Because when they take this, when they find the light, and I have younger nieces, so they, you know, they're all about the light. And I have my friends laughing at me. I'm like, oh, girl, I found some good light. And I take the camera, <laughs> take the picture, because when you find some good light, it means from that angle, everything about you is popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so sometimes, you know, some of us have to work harder to find those things that we like about ourselves. But, you know, there's always something good about you. There's always something beautiful about you. Um, and it might not look like the next person. And, and you might you might appreciate something on someone else. But really, you know, I one thing I love about black women when they get together is the way they compliment each other. Yeah, yeah. Girl, you pop in. That looks good. You know. Yes, I see you. You know. Yeah, yeah. Turn those things around towards yourself. 
turn it around towards yourself. Wow. The stuff that you put out, especially if you're putting out good stuff and you're that cheerleader, you're that sister girl that's always there for everybody. And, and the danger in that is that sometimes people don't realize that you need somebody to be there for you. Oh. And, and it's healthy to have that expectation. But sis, I need you to be there for yourself. Oh my God, you are helping us. Oh my God, is Dr. Keisha, I mean, she, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I knew that I had to have her on this podcast. She is helping. She's helping me. She's helping us. I'm telling you, we are changing the narrative for women of color in the Harmonize Your Life uh, 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 community, our self-care network, this podcast. We're changing the, we are, we are going to change and it's going to take women like yourself, me and all of us in all of our domains. You're, you're in psychology, you're in education. I'm in uh, 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 ministry, theology, church, in, um, in education as well. It's going to take all of us, our whole community to change this narrative. So maybe, just maybe Dr. Keisha, by the time my daughter, Arielle, who's 21, who has, I wish I had the confidence at her, when I was her age, that she has at her age. I didn't have that because I grew up not loving myself. I grew up with stigma about being dark skinned. I felt like I was pretty in my own skin. And so I just, you know, I, I have this coin now, this phrase now that I use, comfortable in your own skin. And I developed that over time through my own life experience of suffering with low self-esteem for so many years, because when I looked in the mirror, I did not like what I saw. Mm. I didn't like, but there's nothing that I can change about that. And now when I look in the mirror, I love my skin. And one of the biggest compliments I get often is about my skin. It's amazing. The complexion is beautiful. <laughs> The, it's one of the it's one of the compliments I get the most is oh my god your skin is like milk chocolate your skin is beautiful but when I was growing up you could not you couldn't pay me a million dollars to believe it yeah yeah no you know it's again back to the practical pieces of this somebody is scraping the snow outside I don't know okay it's okay okay good look you're in New York it's snowing. They're scraping the this, snow. We don't yeah, know. This New York City life. <laughs> yeah, this New York City life is, is noisy. But, you know, something that you can do, you decide you want to go on this journey, you know, again, you have a, a, a community of, of, of believers, right? People who, who, who have faith. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, write the vision, make it plain. And I really believe in, like, writing things down. And okay. so if... One of the things that some of the things I think that you can institute in your daily practice, particularly at the top of your day, mm -hmm. uh, is to list out the things that you are grateful for when you get up in the morning. Because mm -hmm. once you hit, once your feet hit the ground, you don't know what's waiting for you. Once mm -hmm. you leave your house and go into that office, you don't know what's waiting for you, right? Mm -hmm. And so thinking about Oh, and writing down, you have like the little notes app in your phone, write out mm -hmm. two to three things that you are grateful for. If you're struggling with finding things that you're grateful for, look around. Sometimes it's just heat and warmth and a good place to live. And yeah. the person, the people around you, the person next to you, whatever the case might be, the food in your cupboards, like 
start with those basic things if you're struggling. Um, so write out the things that you are grateful for. Then move towards your affirmations, speaking positively to yourself. I am blessed. I am powerful. I am well. I am walking in my purpose. Those types of things are what you start your day with. Then you set your intentions for the day. What do you want to happen today? Right? What, what is going to be your focus for today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'll just choose a word. It could be clarity. It could be focus. It could be contentment. Mm -hmm. It could be rest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right it mm -hmm. could be motivation it could be inspiration because mm -hmm. i'm looking for inspiration to create on this particular day mm -hmm. just picking a word and then mm -hmm. the last two things that i will always ask you to think about i have a friend she talks about making room for joy in your life and so i will ask you to think about how can you make room for joy wow how can you find joy today what way can you find joy? It might be with watching something funny. It might be with eating your favorite dessert. It might be by spending time with friends. Mm -hmm. And then the very last thing is, how can I be kind to myself today? Okay. How can I be kind to myself today? What can I do as an act of service towards me? Mm -hmm. How can I be kind to myself today? Right. And at the end of your day, mm -hmm. right this is all at the beginning of the day. This is the beginning of the day. Yeah. This is what you okay. started because these things is what's going to, every time you deviate throughout the day, every time something goes wrong, every time things uh -huh. don't go according to plan, you go back to those affirmations. Uh -huh. You go back to being so kind to yourself. Uh -huh. Being kind to yourself means extending grace to yourself or making yourself something really great to eat or taking mm -hmm. the time to sit and meditate or whatever the case might be. You mm -hmm. go back to those things throughout the day. And so it becomes a part of your day. Then at the end of your day, mm -hmm. just record what were you able to accomplish today? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, even if it's like two or three things, you're going to feel pretty good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It also kind of helps you to sort of dump what's going on in your mind as you're going to sleep so that you're not ruminating as you fall asleep. Your mind isn't overactive as you try to get into sleep because a lot of us are not getting good restful sleep because mm -hmm. we're carrying things from throughout our day into our sleep and we're waking up the next morning and you wake up, you've had eight, at least eight hours of sleep and you wake up tired. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And so those are just like some practical things. And even if you just pick one of those things to try to practice as you get into a regular practice of self-care, it's an improvement versus doing absolutely nothing. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Keisha, you have just helped us so wonderfully today. I'm going to have to bring you to the uh, <laughs> to my self-care retreat. I got to bring you to, to the retreat. I have to bring you to, to tea time with us. We do tea time once a month with the women in the network and we could just come in and do a session. We'll pay you to come in and do a session with us uh, to just walk us through these steps uh, in our, in our uh, tea time session. So what, um, I'll get, get, with, get with you and get on your calendar to have you come back and do um and do a just a practical session with the women that are part of the network. I'm telling you, this is so 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 good. Now, I want I want 
people to know how they can get in touch with you. You have blessed us so, and our time is is coming to an end in a few minutes. And I just want to encourage um, the women that are listening and those that are uh, even men that are listening uh, to this podcast to be able to follow you and to uh, maybe bring you to their events, hire you to to do a session or 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 speak at an event uh, as relates to these topics, and certainly with your background in diversity training and and those kind of things in psychology and education. And so I do want people to be able to find you. So um, I want you all to know her name is Dr. Keisha B. Thompson, and I'm putting your podcast up here, um, Mm -hmm. Misadventures of an Inspired Woman and and Black and Save. You have two different podcasts? Yeah. So Misadventures of an Inspired Woman is a solo podcast that I do um, by myself where I interview women who talk about their ups and downs and how they got to where they're at today. We're in the second season that's rolling out. Um, and then Black and Saved, I do it with a friend of mine in Texas where we tackle some of the issues of the church, particularly in you know what's been happening in our political climate and you know things that happen in church that are not okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and I know that you um, probably you probably follow in this PBS um um, documentary, docu-series. I saw it came on. And so one of the things we talk about in Black and Save is being involved in the political process. Yeah. And so I know the one night that it came on, there was a town hall. There, there's a mayoral election coming up in New York City. So there was a town okay. hall that I needed to be involved okay. with. Okay. That okay. Night. Sure you can go back and look it up. It's it's good on Henry Lewis Gates. It's good. So Yeah, so definitely want to check it out. You 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 you'll find it interesting. You'll find it interesting. Um, there's some um, different. Um, I'll say you know there I, there are some things that I I enjoyed about it. And there were some things I kind of took a few a little issue with. But you watch it and um, you'll be able to you know eat the meat and spit out the bones. Okay, when, I got you. <laughs> you know, but it was good. It was good overall. It was good. So, um, so your podcast, they can follow you there. Her website here. Um, I'm going to say your website for those that are not watching us on YouTube. Um, but for those who are listening to this podcast, you can find Dr. Keisha at drkeisha.nyc. That's her website. You can follow her on uh, Facebook at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Keisha, K-E-I-S-H-A, Dr. Keisha. You can find her there on IG. You can follow her at Dr. underscore Keisha, at Dr. underscore Keisha. On Twitter, you can follow her at Dr. always spelled out, Dr. K. Thompson, Dr. K. Thompson, and her YouTube channel is Dr. Keisha. So follow Dr. Keisha in all of these settings uh, and all these iterations. And I'm telling you, she she's going to be a blessing. If you follow her and, and just listen to the things that she's sharing, you can go to her website and, um, and read her blog posts there. Listen, I am so grateful to have you here listening to the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. You can follow me at drtonyalvarado.com. You can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. Uh, you can also watch the podcast and share it 
on uh, YouTube at Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. Go to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to my channel so that you can, um, we, we upload new episodes every Monday to the podcast and you will be able to get notified when there's a notification. If you go to Anchor or Spotify or Apple and download the app on your phone, you'll get notifications when we are uh, when we have dropped a new episode of the podcast. Women, I want you to join the Harmonize Your Life Self-Care Network. You heard her say that we need to change the narrative, and we're doing that in our network. We are changing the narrative for women of color. We are a group of women who are about self-care, and we are not only concerned about self-care for ourselves, but we're concerned about self-care for our sisters, for one another. Like I always say, what good is it be? It, what good is it for me to be healthy and be connected to an unhealthy community? So it's important that now I'm not only uh, caring for me, but it's important that everyone in my community is concerned about caring for themselves, so that we can make a holistic community of men and women who are concerned about self care. Dr. Keisha, I want you to give us some parting words as we prepare to go out. Uh, on today. So if you'll just share one last thing with us and then we're going to go. You know, one thing that I like about the name of your podcast and your network is the whole idea of harmony and harmonizing. And harmonizing means that there are all these different sounds and there are all these different parts that are working together. And so we are definitely complicated people that have all these different sounds and all these different parts. And the whole point of life is to figure out a way to make it make sense and to make it sound good and feel good. And so that's what everything that we do needs to be about. Harmony. Yes. Harmony. That's what I that's why I I chose that word because it's about making it all fit and making it all work together. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. And thank you for being a blessing not only to the, your podcast community, but to our podcast community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward to, just, I feel like this is just the beginning of a good relationship here. So I, I, look, so too. <laughs> I look forward to continuing our dialogue and, uh, and our sisterhood. Thank you again. Thank, thank you. you. We'll be back next week for another episode of Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. See you next time. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this, this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me, contact me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com.